We are SC Podcast Texas Pregame Edition. Uh, it's going to be a matchup of college football blue bloods uh, on Saturday with the Trojans and Longhorns meeting in the Coliseum. 5.30 p.m. on Fox, a sellout crowd of 92,000 fans expected. And the Trojans ranked number four right now, 2-0, and coming off a very emotional victory over Stanford that struck a chord with a lot of Trojan fans. The, the physical style, the way the team matched up against a Cardinal program that had uh, kind of been taken at 2SC in recent years. Seven of the previous games, seven of the previous nine games between the two teams, Stanford had won. But USC sent a statement, Coach Clay Helton talking after the game, saying, we found our identity tonight. We played to our standard. But that physical run game, the way that the Trojans on defense matched up with the Stanford, particularly the offensive line, uh, that's the Trojan team that a lot of fans have been waiting to see for a while. And so how that continues, we shall find out, because there's another very physical football team coming to town on Saturday. Texas is 1-1, lost an opener against a Maryland team that – was a high-scoring game, but uh, Texas is going to get those games in the future. Had a big win last week over San Jose State. Uh, obviously, the Spartans not a, a team up to Texas football level. But the Longhorns are a team in transition right now. Uh, you're going from the Charlie Strong era to the Tom Herman uh, style of play. Tom Herman wants to do things a little bit different. So still a lot of players that were recruited by Strong, and Herman is trying to mix and match. They are going to be fine. You can hear in Clay Helton's voice when he talks about Tom Herman uh, how much respect he has for him. And and, and so you don't doubt they're going to get there, but it remains to be seen what kind of capacity they are operating at when they come to town right now. There's there's plenty of athletes right there to know you are going to get a good shot from the Longhorns. And so uh, how does that turn out? We'll see. We'll talk starting on the Texas offense. Uh, it's going to be an RPO system with a big dose of the power running game. And that's not always what you see, but it's the personnel that fits with what Texas has to town. We may see one of three different quarterbacks. Shane Bouchel started off the year. He played last year and won the job as, as a true freshman. He got hurt after game one. Sam Ellinger came in from local Westlake High School in Austin, a local kid. Uh, he filled in last week, did very well, and also ran for 48 yards in addition for, to throwing for over 200. So the speculation out of, out of Austin, the people I've talked to, is they think Ellinger probably fits the system more than Bouchel does. We'll see how those, uh, that rotation goes in. But my guess is we are also going to see Gerard Hurd uh, normally lining up as a wide receiver, but we'll be seeing him in the Wildcat at some point. So a lot of things for the Trojan defensive personnel to pay attention to for Texas, but isn't that what Clancy Penderdass does? Uh, Clancy with the Pac-12, he is known for being able to adjust and match up against different defenses. And actually, if you're bringing an RPO system into the Coliseum, that's pretty much in the SC wheelhouse because that's what a lot of Pac-12 offenses do right now. We mentioned the power running game. When you have a running back who is six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds, you're going to pound it a lot, and that's what Chris Warren is. Uh, he's a talented big back uh, in that offense. As Chris Hawkins was saying uh, the other day after practice, you, he goes, "I'm a, I'm kind of a small safety. We don't see running backs like this, and so you need to be prepared. How are you going to take him on? How are you going to look to tackle him, uh, taking out his legs? Uh, that will be a big test to watch uh, in this game. There are other tailbacks. They got a two hundred twenty pounder in there in Porter." a couple pretty good freshmen. So you're going to be running the ball. You're going to be running the ball behind an offensive line that has really good size, led by Colin Johnson at offensive tackle, a consensus All-American last year as a sophomore, six foot six, 350 pounds. Uh, 
Again, that matchup that you're going to see with the USC defense going up against this line in the running game, if you want to test yourself after Stanford, this is a terrific way to do it. One injury issue to watch for the Trojans is to see how much uh, Porter Gustin is able to play with his toe injury and his replacements, Connor Murphy and Christian Rector. If they're lining up outside against Johnson, how does that matchup go? Uh, going to be interesting to watch. Uh, the wide receiver, when they throw, again, Texas size, six foot six, Colin Johnson, although he's from Northern California. California. And then Reggie Hemphill maps uh, brings the speed out there uh, at the receiver core. So going to be a terrific matchup for this USC defense going up against Tom Herman. Um, Helton talking about how Herman uses the whole field. He is so good at sideline to sideline, covering every inch out there and, and just confusing your defense. Going to be a lot of fun to watch. Flipping it over and looking at the uh, the USC offense versus the Texas defense. Now, USC ran the ball last week. It was great to see over 300 yards. You got a one-two punch at tailback. You even have a three-four punch if you want to go there. Behind an offensive line that is blocking well and receivers that are blocking really well right now. So you love to see that. And Clay Helton talking about the identity of the football team. Love to have that identity be a power running game. But you also pay attention to who you're playing. And the Texas secondary at their defense is probably the most vulnerable spot of their defense. And so if you're looking at a game where Sam Darnold and the receiving core can really kind of break out and have that game, Sam had a terrific week of practice this week. Keep an eye on that. If, if the ball is in the air, obviously we're seeing Deontay Burnett. Steven Mitchell had a nice game last week. Who else can deliver? Who else may be coming out of the backfield? We will not have Daniel Limitor-Bebe, but there should be plenty for the Trojans to really say, okay, we're going to throw the football. One guy back there for the Longhorns, Holton Hill, six foot three, 200-pound corner. He's returned an interception for a touchdown the last two weeks. Uh, he's a good one, but the rest of them appear a little vulnerable right now. It's a word we keep using, so hope to see that. Uh, Texas has a really good linebacker, Malik Jefferson, 6'3", 240, really causes havoc in the backfield, was a highly rated guy and was probably the, the marquee recruit of the Charlie Strong era. Uh, so he is back there. And then look for that right up the middle, Puna Ford, six foot, 305 pounds, going up against Nico Falla. Puna is their nose tackle, and he's a good one, a veteran guy. So that should be fun to watch there. Special teams. Uh, the Longhorns do have a, a punter, Michael Dixon, who was named the Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Year last year. And last week, the Trojans had some issues on punt return. A Jane Harris has been back there, and there was a couple issues with punt that, punts that were attempted to be fielded inside the own 10-yard line. Is a JNA still out there? How does he do with that? Let's watch there. And then also the Trojans dealing with the season-long loss of Michael Brown, their kickoff guy, uh, early in the game last week. Michael uh, Torres ACL had surgery this week. And so the intention is for Chase McGrath to go ahead and handle kickoffs. And then the punter, Reed Budrovich, is the backup to McGrath should that need to come into play. So any way you look at this game should be a lot of fun. Get there early. The lines at the gates last week uh, for fans trying to get in, it was rumored to be anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. The USC Athletic Department made sure to come along and let all the media know at practice this week. Can you put out that reminder? The, the security issues, they're there. The crowd is expected to be a sellout, bigger than last week. So get there early if you want to get, get in there and, and see the opening kickoff to see the flyover. Matt Leinert's going to be honored for his induction into the College Football Hall of Fame, just as good as you're going to get if you're a college football fan. Okay, coming up on this podcast, we got an interview with Chris Hawkins. We've got uh, This Week in USC Practice with myself, Johnny Curran, Greg Katz, and Daryl Rideau. We've got Kevin Bruce talking USC defense. And as always, we're going to end with Randy Taylor joining us for a recruiting discussion. Enjoy the game this weekend. Chris Hawkins. Uh, Chris, as one of the leaders of the defense, talk about your pride and what happened last week. Uh, 
I mean, we got challenged the first week, and after that game, everybody, you know, they kind of felt like the defense under, underperformed. You know, our run defense was weak. You know, we, were, we weren't really, you know, giving it our all. You know, last week, you know, our pride kicked in. We heard everybody talking, and, you know, we figured we had to come out here and play what it is to really play Trojans in defense. And I think our, our defensive coordinator heard the same things, and we put together an attacking plan against a 80% run team. And I mean, we, besides a long run, I mean, I think they had, he had 75 on that play. They had like 100, they probably had 90 yards rushing the rest of the game. So, I mean, we did what we did, but you know, we're past it, and we're coming out here to put on another performance this week. And that's the thing, coming back, back to back, how do you, as one of the leaders, get them ready to say, hey, we got another tough one right coming this Saturday? Uh, just, just, Reminding them that, you know, we have to do it multiple weeks in a row. We can't just do it one week. We can't be, you know, a team that's very inconsistent. We want to be consistent, but, you know, we want to be the best. You know, so for us to be the best, we have to do it week in and week out. And, I mean, I think everybody knows it's at stake, you know, this weekend. You know, Coliseum is sold out for a reason. You know, so we want to put on the show in front of these fans. Tell us what you see from the Texas uh, offense so far. Big running backs, uh, three yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got three quarterbacks that can play, two big running backs that are – bigger than all of our players except for our D linemen. Uh fast receivers, big receivers too, six six five, six six on the outside, six three. Uh in a the slot they're six two, they're fast, very fast. I mean it's Texas speed out there. So I mean we we, we you know we really gotta hunker down. You know, they lost their first game to to a team they really should have beat. But you know it's 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 really time to hunker down and do what we have to do to get this W. Talk about Clancy and his ability to go, go back and forth between the different style of offenses that you see in the Pac-12 and at a conference. Yeah, I mean, Clancy's one of the best coaches I, I, that I've been around. His, for him to have the brain, you know, that he really has, you know, from going to a power team like Stanford and then transitioning back, you know, to a, a spread team that can get into 10 personnel, 11 personnel, you know, the way he dials up the defenses, are, are, you know, are, are crazy. You know, he's, a, he's, an, he's an aggressive coach, and I love playing for him. Last question. Uh, you're known for your film study. Yes. Who in the when you graduate and leave here, who's going to take that baton from you on the defense? Uh, Janet Harris. I mean, I've. I mean, he's in there with me. I mean, all day. So, I mean, he's he's doing what he has to do in the film room. That's why he plays so well. Appreciate your time, Chris. Thank you. This week in USC practice, Gary Pasquitz, Johnny Curran, Greg Katz, and Daryl Rideau. Guys just kind of want to run through some of the top things we saw this week that are going to play a factor in the game coming at this Saturday. And I'm going to talk about uh, the injuries that we're starting to see, a couple that could really impact uh, what we see on the field. I'm going to look at Daniel Imator-Bebe as the big one right now for the USC offense. This is a guy that uh, – we, we were expecting to play a much a big role at the tight end spot, be, being one of the top two or three receivers uh, coming back and projected into that kind of uh, that kind of production, and we just haven't seen it so far. And the word coming down this week that uh, he is going to be sat for a while, and we did not see him uh, take part in practice at all. I see this as a game that we can attack the Texas secondary, and right now with the loss of guys like Imator Bebe, uh, we will probably have Chuma Adoga back, uh, and, but Andrew Voorhees went this week, Porter Gustin another one, and Daryl's going to comment on that in a little bit. Uh, but they're starting to add up a little bit, Johnny, so I just want to see how that plays out. Go ahead and give us what caught your eye this week. Uh, for me, it was really with the offense. I think a lot, heading into this game, there's a lot, been a lot of talk about how big the Trojan passing game could be in this game how it could be a game for Sam Darnold and company to really kind of break out and, and put up some yards and have a lot of success uh, particularly against that Texas secondary and uh, just my 
from what I've observed through practice, I mean, you saw it in the last game with Sam Darnold, how he's starting to click with guys like Stephen Mitchell, obviously Deontay Burnett. He's st starting to mesh with those guys. And I have seen, think we've seen that continue in practice this week, uh, particularly on Tuesday. I thought Sam Darnold really put on a show. I think he's playing at least over the last week or so kind of how we ex everyone expected him to play after that Western Michigan uh, game, um, particularly on one long touchdown to Tyler Vaughn's on the run through a three beautiful 30-yard pass, uh, touchdown pass to, to Vons. And uh, I think that's definitely something to look for is to watch that Trojan passing game. It, we could see, you know, the kind of show that we all expected. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, my, my observation was I was very impressed with the defensive practices. And the reason I was, there wasn't a lot of yelling, jumping up and down, no false enthusiasm. But I took away from it that this – team especially on defense is very focused players were helping other players to get lined up in the right positions it wasn't just coaches pointing it out yeah. and I thought they were very engaged uh, one of the things that I was personally concerned about would be would they have a letdown right and uh, I don't see that happening because of that type of engagement and plus I did ask uh, coach Helton afterwards and I said all right how will the 92,000 uh, affect the players if they have a letdown? Will they be able to turn it on? And he was just absolutely emphatic that when 92,000 people show up, they definitely be ready to go. Right. And, and where you notice most the 92,000, a crowd of that size, is not when USC is on offense, but it's when USC is on defense. And so if, if fatigue or injuries start to mount up, and there's a difference between injuries and just guys that are nicked up, Okay, but if injuries are preventing key players to be on the field, like a Porter Gustin or Gustin Porter, Porter Gustin, the the challenge will be what? How do you communicate amongst one another? Is it verbally? Are you communicating by yelling out signals when the crowd is amplified? For me, what I'm looking for is can Clancy Pendergast dial it up again and take away the strength of this of this uh, Longhorn offense when they go up tempo they still want to kind of put pressure on you with the running game accumulating over 400 yards in that last game look for SC to kind of load up the box again and force a young quarterback like Ed Ellinger to try to beat you in the air now what I found interesting is in comments post-game comments last week from from Herman he said that you know Ellinger had a good game considering it was his first start but he's not quite seeing the field well well, a guy like Clancy Pendergast and the way that this defense is designed is to create those illusions. Do you really see what you're supposed to see? Look for this defense to have key opportunities for interceptions if they can stymate the running game. Kevin Bruce. Kevin, this is another big game for the USC defense. Uh, when you look at the challenges that Texas presents, uh, but the one thing you know we're going to see from Texas, they got a lot of big bodies on the opposite side of that line. Yeah, very good point. Uh, the uh, Texas is going to come to play football. They're going to play a very physical uh, game. Uh, they're going to show a, a lot uh, of different uh, uh, fronts to us. Uh, and on offense in particular, with the uh, quarterback situation a bit in flux, um, it, it does make the preparations, I'd say, more challenging. It's not you know insurmountable. It's just more challenging. And, and we need to prepare for a full, you know, a pistol look, uh, you know, a little shorter direct snap look from the quarterback. 
the full shotgun look, you know, a little deeper, five to seven yards deep, and, and you know, quarterback play out of that, more, more in a passing and, and to some extent with their um, option uh, package. And then we're going to see the, uh, I'm sure, uh, they haven't show, shown it a lot this year, but I'm sure we're going to see um, the uh, Wildcat with right. uh, Jared. Yeah. And uh, and we haven't seen that. Uh, some of the younger players on defense have not seen uh, that type of offense, frankly, and haven't played against it. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that, that, that uh, transpires. That said, this is still going to be the kind of game where it's, it's physicality up front, sound assignment football, and good things happen. What I really like, is what Clancy did last week with Stanford is really highly um, transportable into this game and into this environment. It's not exactly the same look, but the 3DL uh, look with, uh, you know, uh, linebackers, inside linebackers up in the A-gap uh, uh, really does um, create some situations. Now, Texas will be prepared for that now that they've seen it uh, more directly. Um, but being prepared and being able to handle are two very different things, right? So uh, there's that piece. Now, look, we, we know we got some injuries now, right? We, uh, Porter may or may not play. Uh, right. Marlin. You know, and Mar- Marlin. John Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John Houston at the uh, Will linebacker and and, uh, and Marlin T in, 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 the, in the one or three technique defensive tackle, essentially kind of nose guard-ish type position. Um but unlike prior seasons, we have some depth, and that is, uh, frankly, seriously important. And we have not just depth, we have really highly skilled, uh, highly athletic players able to fill into those uh, situations. Now, we'll see how they, they play. This is, this is a sold-out L.A. Coliseum, which has not happened since 2013 against Stanford. So it's pretty uh, exciting. I mean, you've got a full, full house there. And uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of fun, uh, you know, a national TV uh, prime time uh, in Central and, and uh, East Coast time zones. Uh, it's 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 a, this is a pretty stout test, and it's a pretty fun test. Yeah, I mean, you got it all going on as far as I'm concerned. You know, the, the you know lot lot has been made of the you know comparison to the you know 2006 and in the game that you know a lot of folks would like to forget. Uh, uh, Frank, I had to watch it too many times myself, but uh, it, frankly, it has nothing to do with what happens this Saturday, right? This is just, right. you know, two, two, two teams coming at each other with total different personnel and coaching staffs and et cetera. So great uh, traditions. So that part is, is important, and I think it's going to be fun. Uh, it should be a, a, a good, fun game. Texas has got a lot to prove, and we have a lot to accomplish, and those two things are going to uh, smash into each other on Saturday, which is uh, that's a pretty good metaphor, I think. I, I kind of like this uh, this chess match, uh, if you will, between Tom Herman and Clancy, because what you're talking about with things that they can do, is that not one of the things Clancy brings to the table, his ability to attack varied offenses? Um, he, he, he does that pretty well as far as a defense coordinator is concerned, and a lot of stuff they're trying to do is kind of Pac-12 friendly, so it's kind of in our wheelhouse. 
Yeah, you know, it's a really good point. And and Tom Herman uh, on the other side of the equation, if you will, uh, is considered an offensive genius, right? Played help, sure thinks that. Well, you know, and and there's some there's reasons for that. He, he's he is pretty skilled and talented, <laughs> and uh, he's I'll still an say what he did. If he was the offensive coordinator of Ohio State with what they did with the three quarterbacks on the way to the national title, one of the more impressive coaching feats I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and, you know, no disagreement for me on that one. Um, uh, you know, in Texas, which is where I am, as you know, uh, right now, uh, they consider uh, Tom Coach Herman a, a Mensa, right, of the offensive right. uh, skills. And I, well, that's all very interesting. Uh, but what's important is this, that uh, we have various uh, fronts and, 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 uh, and skilled positions that can bring a lot of pressure onto a uh, 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 to an offense, and importantly, to a, either quarterback who plays hasn't seen this type of a, a defense. And if it's a true freshman, it's even more so. Big lights, uh, LA, um, you know, unfriendly uh, confines for the visitors from from Texas, uh, and. Uh, uh, and a freshman uh, quarterback playing, there's only so many Sam Darnolds, Darnolds to go around. So uh, I think that he's so unique that, uh, um, you know, I, I can't expect the quarterback play to be all that stout. What I do expect to see is Texas really trying to bang the football hard right. and giving us right. a lot of option looks. And, and that's historically we've not handled option uh, teams uh, necessarily all that well, especially on the run game. Uh, at the mesh points, and we've made some mistakes in, in that area. Um, I expect this team, frankly, to, the inside-out pursuit will be there if we keep a good, uh, you know, um, uh, set from Clancy uh, on the, on the, some of the, um, you know, not just the nickelback, but the, using the down linemen uh, effectively. We should be able to handle that well. L- let me ask you one: If Porter is not able to play. Uh, we have seen two players primarily taking his spot in different formations. Connor Murphy, we would pretty much expect. I'm anxious to see if that young man gets in there, uh, what he can do, been kind of waiting for his potential. He's such a big, strong kid. But we also saw Christian Richter this week uh, sliding on out, and I thought that was the interesting one. I'm certainly becoming a fan, have become a fan of Christian Richter's play. And so putting him outside, what do you think about those two guys and how they might be used? Yeah, you know, it's a really interesting point. And I, too, am a, a Christian Rector fan, I have to tell you. Um, I know that we had a little bit of a uh, – frankly, there's three people that uh, got tricked on that one touchdown from Stanford with the tight end. That was a heck of a tight end play. That's why the guy's on the John Mackey watch list. But that's <laughs> right, said, right. What, what we've seen from, from uh, Christian is really good, solid play. And he's lengthy and and physical. So you, you've got both of those dynamics going on. And, um, I, I, you know, when I contrast him to, say, Rasheem Green, who plays a different position uh, most of the time, uh, but there's some similarities there, though Rasheem is clearly much more advanced, I see the potential uh, in, in Christian to play that kind of role. But moving him outside is pretty interesting. He has the athleticism to handle that. Clearly not a linebacker, right? That's that's asking, you know, uh, it's not that it's asking too much. It's just asking him to play out of position. But playing on the edge in a true defensive end uh, type of role, um, that's an interesting fit and puts a whole different dynamic. 
if, on the offensive tackle and on the pressure coming from the edge when you put Christian out there. Uh, Connor Murphy you know, brings a more classic, uh, you know, outside OLB, mm-hmm. you know, slash defensive end type type role. And I'd love to see him get some playing time. I really would. I, I think that'd be fun you, to watch. You and me both. But I think the, the the key point kind of goes back to what you said earlier, the fact that we're finally able to have some depth when you are able to try a Christian Rector or Connor Murphy in there if, if Porter is down. Those are a couple of nice options to throw out there. So that that is good. Well, I agree with you, Kevin. This is going to be a uh, blue blood college football uh, game on Saturday. Going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for your time. Randy Taylor here to talk some Trojan recruiting. And, and Randy, we saw a little bit of movement this week uh, with a, another offer at the linebacker spot. And we, we've talked several times about how this is such a good year with linebackers, and the Trojans already have commit, commits from four and still interested in Solomon Tuiyalapupu. But an offer today to a, a couple of days ago to a guy who uh, up at Reno, Brandon Cahoe, who had a pretty good off season. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, and and has a commitment to BYU. So yes. uh, the thing about that, my first thought is he may or may not be going on a mission right after high school, and and, and only assuming that he might be LDS. So with that assumption. Um, and going to BYU, a lot of you know that's a pretty good chance that that he is a Mormon. And so, if USC believes that this is a guy that that may not go on that mission immediately, they may be then taking a shot at the kid because he's a talented son of a gun. And uh, you know, uh, he kind of reminds me of a guy. Now, how big was Dallas Sarts coming out of high school? Oh, he was he was skinny. He was I would say he was six yeah. three. Uh, but on the skinnier side. Yeah. See, this this kid is about that. He reminds me a little bit of Dallas because he can play some safety. Linebacker will be a terrific special teams guy and, and bring a lot of that hybrid type of, of length and athleticism. He, he's really an instinctive player and versatile and all that stuff with an upside. He's about 6'3", 205 or so. Uh, and just a really good football player. So it, it's, you know, you just keep offering guys because it's going to sort itself out. And, uh, but you offer, you know, you only offer guys that you can get unless you're, you're trying to build a program and have to take chances. Uh, SC should, uh, and I'm sure is only offering guys that help you come and play and, and maybe play right away. He's a guy that, uh, seems to have that, uh, football, instincts and ability that might be a guy to, to play early. Kind of a little bit, I don't know if you remember Larry Atkins, too. It was kind of that similar kind of guy that was at UCLA, local guy in Venice or something. But that tall, length, athletic, can play linebacker or safety. Let me uh, let's go down to the defensive end position if we if we can. There, there there's three guys that I want to get a quick comment from you on. Uh, Jeremiah Martin is a kid out of Cajon who's getting a lot of really good interest. Elijah Wade from the Vegas area, and then Tyreek Smith from Ohio uh, uh, is a guy who has some Los Angeles ties. So, what are your thoughts on those three guys? So actually, I'll see uh, Jeremiah in a couple hours. I'm going to go out to Cajon and, and uh, see the coach and watch the walkthrough and, and then go to a game. But uh, I love Martin because he's a basketball player that became a football player. You, you know, what you're just called a track guy or a basketball guy playing the sport, 
then you may not be the toughest guy. I think what he became a football player. And, and so he's a long athletic kid, long arms, has all of those the, the agility things that you need in football these days. And, you know, and I tell you what, he's, he lines up at tight end as a pretty good tight end. So, uh, this is a guy that, that I really like and, and should be, uh, one of those guys that, that if he can, can handle the, the, uh, strength and speed may play early. You know, he's just one of those, uh, neat athletic guys. Elijah Wade is much further away in my mind. He's really, really raw kid, but he's got length and he's athletic. And I keep talking about length and I know everybody does, but these days, if I'm a college coach, I'm going to make mistakes with length and speed, you know, and and those kind of guys you can put somewhere else uh, the, the way these defenses and offenses are. So I see this kid as a – and he's 6'5", 255, so he's not a little guy. He doesn't mm-hmm. look 255 on tape, though. You know, he, he does look leaner. But – he has got that all those things that you want out of a out of a defensive end that length and all that stuff. Um, Tyreek, I love. Now Tyreek is much more. Uh, I think has developed more as a football player in his position, and he could get really big. Um, he's got a chance to to even move inside and be a force uh, at the point of attack. Or he does a great job of getting his hands up and knocking balls down. So he's, you know, gets his big paws on a lot of football. So he's one of those guys that, that uh, could play early as well because I think he's a little further along in his development as a as a football player, use of hands and, and punch and and timing to get up and, and knowing when to do things and how to do it. So he's he's a talented guy too. So, uh, you know, take them all. Okay, let's uh... – Let's talk maybe some guys you saw last week, and you mentioned Martin as someone you're going to see this week. Who are the Trojans uh, that you saw and you're getting ready to see? Well, so uh, I, I saw Centennial playing at Awanda. Okay. And Centennial has, you know, they've got the quarterback who's a talented guy. He was injured from their IMG game. So he didn't play, but he was out there throwing around, and, and he'll play this week. Um, the the what the heck? So, you know me, I'm older. Those tight, those quarterbacks. <laughs> well, he's t- t- Tanner McKee, and they, they got a big one yeah. with Narbonne. That's going to be a nice Tanner one. McKee. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, uh, Gary Bryant is a kid I really like out there. He's a 2020 a kid who's an explosive guy that that can do a lot of things. And I, I one time said that he had some skills that would remind you of Deshaun Jackson a little bit, which is which pretty. High praise, but sure, he does sure. some of those kind of things, and he's he's still a, a lanky kid that's going to get bigger and stronger. Saw a big offensive lineman out at uh, saw East Lake at Santiago. They've got a huge offensive lineman that that uh, is a guy that's had some offers. SC hasn't offered him yet, and and may not. He's probably a guy that needs to lose about thirty forty pounds or so, um, and and. So that those were kind of the guys I saw last week. I don't think I saw anybody else that would uh, uh, jump off the uh, the scales for USC fans. Um, this week, uh, like I said, I'll go to I'll go to uh, Cajon and I'll see uh, Jeremiah Martin. Uh, they've got some other kids too. That uh, they've got a kid, Daniel Fortune, who's a, a 2019 kid that transferred there from. Uh, uh, 
uh, Summit, I think. Um, speaking of your running back, right? Uh, Jaden Daniels is so in. <laughs> Jaden oh, Daniels, he's a stud, sure. isn't he? Yeah. Oh man. What a yeah, what a stud he is. And uh, not not a surprise though. I I don't I think I mean I think you and I talked. We both thought he would play early and and, and off it. So. Uh, it's well, I remember good, the but... first time I asked you, uh, you know, when, when you went out and saw him last year, and I, I said, "What do you think?" And you, you came back right away, Sunday player. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. I, I think he's he's, uh, and the guy ahead of him's not bad. Not too bad. So that's a that's a bad, <laughs> tough situation uh, to have. But you go and you look at Cajon, and there's a, a whole bunch of major Division One okay. players. Okay. Uh, including Josh Hatchett, who's a, a 2020 uh, D lineman, and Javon Hill, who's a uh, 2020 wide, or 2018 wide receiver, and, and DB is a talented kid. Uh, not not so sure they're all on SC's radar, uh, but there's a Darren Jones out there, big tall wide receiver, uh, 2019 kid that that everybody will be looking at. Uh, obviously, Martin, uh, Jonathan Perkins is a talented defensive back out there. So there's plenty of guys, uh, and, and Perkins is a 2018. So, so the younger guys are the guys I really want to go see. And uh, those are the guys that will probably uh, get on SC's uh, radar. I, I really kind of like Daniel Fortune before he went over to uh, – uh, he's, a, he's a corner safety type kid. and really a, He's really a talented guy. So it will be interesting. Then I'll get to see uh, J.W. North, who's got a good young safety, 2019 safety, and uh, I guess Hillcrest. And uh, then, shoot, i got a heck of a weekend. I'll see uh, uh, Norco at uh, Orange Lutheran, and, and Olu has that uh, quarterback and all those kids that transferred from modern day and a bunch of other linemen that transferred in. They have, they have 12 transfers. Wow. Orange Luther. Yeah. And, and they play uh, Corona or a Narco. Um, and then I'll go down to see uh, uh, San Clemente uh, against Marietta Valley. They all, they both have players. And then Saturday I get Oak Grove playing La Habra. How about that? Okay. Heck of a, a heck of a week. There's a lot in there. I'm going to be anxious next week to hear your thoughts, not only on Martin, uh, but on Kyle Ford and Ethan Ray. Uh, yeah. I thought those two were, uh, Big losses for Servite and Orange Lutheran's gain, so we'll be interested to hear what you have to say on those guys. Yeah, absolutely. They're uh, they're talented kids, so uh, obviously they're on the radar and uh, see if the, the Trojans can knock them in the boat, as they say. Uh, well, thanks sure. for your time, Randy. We'll talk next week.